This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where you're at. And this is your host, Todd DeVoe, or co-host, I should say. And uh, I have about 30 years of experience in emergency management, I'm a college professor and an emergency management practitioner, and I'm here to bring on my co-host, Dan Scott. Hello, how is it going? So I'm Dan Scott, I am a professional extraordinaire. Um, got about 15 uh, years of emergency management experience, 15 plus uh, working in in uh, higher education, uh, city and county uh, government and uh, establishing um, uh, emergency management curriculum and ethics uh, throughout the country. So good and morning. Dan and I, uh, we, yeah, and Dan and I, we, uh, we did a lot of work. We met together um, at the Executive Academy at EMI. And uh, so now we're here talking to you guys today. And today, you know, very apropos, right? There's a big storm in the Northeast and uh, power is going out over there as well. And so we, scheduling is always is always kind of crazy. And we've had uh, uh, Coleman Devlin here uh, from Power Up. Um, to be on the show before we even knew about this power outage. But, you know, Dan, it was a while ago that uh, when I was working at Concordia University that we had a power outage that took power out for 30-something hours, right? And you don't think about the need for power stations, solar power stations, and things like this until you don't have it. And, you know, we had to bring in generators and stuff. And what I really found interesting about that is that we um, – uh, we brought in generator and we had the kids were okay with it. Like college, we had like about 250 kids that were stuck on campus, couldn't leave. And um, they were okay until their phones started to die. And so we were able to get their phones charged and stuff, but think about power, how to use it. Uh, I think it's very, very important, especially when we're looking at like large scale events, like hurricanes. Um, we have the, you know, earthquakes in, in California um, or the, I guess I'd say the Pacific Rim, you know, those things where we could lose power structure and then even just fires and things like this that happen where we lose power and having a central power um, bank coming in is, is one of those things that we should think about doing for emergency management. So that being said, Mr. Coleman, come on in. Hi, Todd. Good to see you. Uh, Dan, good to see you. Um, yeah, so at, at Power Up, we provide um, a whole host of, of charging solutions uh, one of which, you know, we we serve directly the emergency management emergency excuse me emergency management uh, sector with our, our full size charging trailer. So it's a solar powered trailer uh, that you know provides charging uh, to up to ninety devices, you know, through cables, AC, USB, uh, in addition to two large screens uh, on the side of the trailer for communication. Uh, and, and that power, you know, as you, know, you cited one, that one example, you know, 36 hours. So in addition to the, you know, the solar power itself, um, the trailers are equipped with a power bank of, of batteries that, you know, can go essentially full bore, uh, you know, without the solar for, for two to three days uh, without being recharged. So, you know, we look to, to help emergency management agencies, 
you know, with their preparedness and response and recovery, um, you know, with that type of solution. So in general, with, with power stations and things like this, um, I mean, like, you know, we've seen the big generators that take up diesel fuel. Uh, I know that hospitals, um, emergency management, EOCs, we have the larger generators, which, you know, you can run off diesel for about seven days before you need to get refuel and stuff like that. But that's a lot of, a lot of logistical portions of it. You know, what have you, what's the case studies they've seen for the use of the, um, um, of the, of the, using the trailers. And before, before you answer this, I just want to say one more thing. When I first met power up, um, it was at the Long Beach uh, IEM conference, and they had they had their um, um, it basically looks like high top bar tables, if you will, uh, that you could plug your phone in. You can do it's was, it was a really cool uh, system, and that's where I first met the guys over um, with Power Up and 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 the support that they have for bringing out these large tables. And you can use those at your um, command posts, or you can use those um, at uh, at your shelters, uh, things like this. So there, there's very many different things uh, that you can use their, their products for, but let's go back to the trailers here for a second. Um, what's the case study that you've seen using power trailers, like what you guys provide? So we don't have any specific case studies. Um, however, you know, we have deployed the units with, you mentioned Long Beach, Long Beach, city of Long Beach uh, has our solar power trailer as well as uh, Rhode Island emergency management, which is going to actually, uh, that was our first uh, emergency management agency that that acquired uh, a trailer. And that you, you bring up a really good point about generators and logistics, uh, you know, providing power, you know, on a very short-term basis, it's, a, I guess, an adequate solution. But when you, you know, talked about multiple days um, at a site, a disaster site, or, or, you know, as operating a mobile command center, yeah, then you're, you're really running an issue of, of fuel, right? So how... You know, in a, in a case where, you know, maybe it's a flood, maybe it's a tornado, hurricane, you know, those supply chains, you know, may be significantly interrupted. Um, and especially if you're you're out of power, um, you know, how do you how do you get the, the gas pumps pumping? So, you know, the the solar option, you know, we think is really a, a best uh, solution because you're not worrying about generators. You're not refueling uh, those generators. And the other factor that, you know, a lot of people don't consider, you know, with uh, the generator option is maintenance. You know, so those those generators, you know, may be sitting in a warehouse. Uh, they have to be, um, you know, monitored and, and started up and you know, made sure that, you know, that gas that's sitting in that generator for the last six months is, is good. And these things can continue to run. So, um, you know, from a, uh, an ecological standpoint, obviously, you know, solar power is a, a much better option than, um, you know, than <laughs> gas or right. diesel. So, you know, that's kind of our viewpoint. Uh, and we think it's a, a well-positioned solution, you know, moving forward for a variety of reasons, you know, that I just cited. So Kimberly asked, um, does it uh, have Wi-Fi? So we do uh, equip the trailers with Wi-Fi um, from you know, a build standpoint, you know, these are custom built here in Baltimore. And, you know, we, we built them to the requirements of, of each uh, client, you know, each emergency management agency. So, you know, we can equip it with Wi-Fi. In, in fact, we're, we're taking a close look at uh, SpaceX's, uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX's 
Starlink. So, you know, we, we have uh, Wi-Fi wi hotspot capability with the trailers and in remote locations where, uh, you know, cellular service may not be available, you know, that, uh, that Starlink option. So, you know, in the uh, north uh, west region of the, of the country, you know, say if we're in Montana or Washington State or or Oregon, some of those areas in you know where they may be affected by fires, wildfires that you know, cell service may not be um, available. You know, that's that's an option that we're looking into. Speaking of so uh, on that on that topic, actually with the with the cell service, are are because they are cell there are cell. Um, uh, tower trailers just as as, as uh, a service that you're providing as well with the with a trailer of, of, um, of power are they compatible to be able to help run a cell tower uh, <laughs> that's that's actually a question uh, I'd have for my engineer I don't I don't know the answer we haven't had that question before uh, but it's uh, an interesting subject to consider well yeah I mean it's one of those things too that we have um, you know, power outage is one of the most common common um, results of any uh, in general. I mean, e extreme heat, extreme cold. But then you have those disasters that fires and you have, you know, whatever uh, earthquakes. And then you have the power outage that results. And it's funny that, you know, Todd says, that, you know, his, in his college that he worked uh, previously that 36 hours and you get to a point to where, you know, the, the cell phone is kind of like the, the, the new the new blankie or teddy bear for the for the college student. I mean, that's their that's their comfort device. And once that starts go, going away, uh, you also still you go through the withdrawal symptoms because it's such an addiction. So <laughs> it's it's uh, you know the way the country's going right now, and I don't see it getting any better. Uh, but it's how not only how uh, you know to to power those devices, but to also keep them working um, in a, in a function that they can communicate with others. Um, and a lot of it is where where's the information coming from? Um, and we and we do have that technology now. Of, you know, to roll out a mobile, uh, uh, um, a mobile. I think they call it a cell tower on wheels. So it's a cow, and then they, now we have this technology that you're that you're presenting today, where it's a uh, uh, being able to power things up by solar, which is which is amazing. Um, we have a few comments I would like to get to. One of them is is thinking about uh, how it uh, results around uh, EMP, and and so bring that up there. It says one of the. I don't know if I can't read. Okay, so it says a big issue that isn't discussed very often is EM community's uh, potential effects of EMPs on the entire power infrastructure, including backup power. When I researched the issue, I didn't realize the potential effect of EMPs of non-protected generators. So how does that relate to uh, your technology? Um, I mean, I, frankly, I, I'm not familiar with uh, EMPs enough to, to probably answer that question. I mean, it, from from just a basic standpoint, uh, I can't see it. Um, I mean, our system's pretty fail safe, so you know, the the power is stored in a uh, a large array, a battery bank. So I can't see um, you know, EMP affecting you know, the delivery of power, you know, from that uh, from that power bank. If that, do you think that? I mean, I think it was more of a comment than a question. So, I mean, ultimately, that is something we're concerned about. It's one of those things that we that we hear about. You know, we've not necessarily experienced a whole lot, um, but it was just a, you know more of a comment from um, from the individual. Uh, but uh, it is a question that we get a lot. What happens if? Because we're so technology driven. What happens if we have something an EMP that shuts us down? And it, it, it's one of those things too that's related yeah. to terrorism. 
uh, quite often. So Robert asked the question, um, have you conducted or have you considered uh, joining up for functional exercises such as dark sky event to test out the capabilities? And then, um, you know, the other one, I want to kind of tap onto that too. And Christopher says, what size group would one of these trailers handle as a scalable? I think they both kind of go together, you know, because like what are the capabilities of, of the trailer, uh, of the power trailer there? Say, you know, could you deploy this to somewhere, say like um, um, in D.C. during the protests or whatever to be able to uh, keep the, um, you know, the radios running sure. um, during such an event? Yeah, so our, our typical configuration is uh, um, 24 lockers and, you know, I'll just go into a little bit of background. So the, the lockers can either operate from uh, a four-digit pin code, so anyone can use the lockers, uh, or you can restrict access, uh, you know, to a specific group through RFID wristbands. So, you know, you have a group of emergency managers uh, or staff that you've equipped with those wristbands. So, you know, the, it is a secure uh, charging station. Um, in addition, we provide charging cables across the board on the on the countertop. So you're looking at approximately 90 devices uh, for both sides of the uh, of the trailer. And one of the other upgrades that we've made, you know, over the past six months, you know, given the, the pandemic, given the, the public's concern over, you know, hygiene, safety, transmissible, uh, you know, diseases, you know, COVID specifically, you look at, uh, you know, cell phones, tablets, you know, these, these devices, we don't typically wash. We typically don't wipe down. In a lot of cases, it's just not practical you know, to spray down uh, a laptop keyboard. So we have equipped those uh, locker bays with UVC, uh, light UVC sanitization, you know, which is you know, generally accepted technology from hospitals and labs for the last 20, 30 years. And so within, you know, five minutes of someone putting their uh, their phone or a mobile device, rugged tablet, whatever that may be inside the locker, it's 100% sterilized. So, you know, back to specifically uh, that the question, you know, how large of a, of a group can that serve? So we're looking at, you know, up to 90 devices, uh, either through cable, USB or AC power on the trailer itself. And as I mentioned, the other configuration are the solar powered charging tables. So you're looking at another uh, nine devices per table. And the two tables fit uh, within the, the trailer itself. So that's sort of the setup is the trailer and then uh, two tables uh, around the, the trailer, the high top charging tra tables that you had mentioned you know, that we had displayed at the uh, uh, emergency, managing, emergency management conference. Absolutely. And those tables are really awesome. And uh, speaking of awesome stuff, um, Dan, have you seen my, uh, my VanQuest bag? Because Many times. Because <laughs> I know I keep promising Dan that I'm going to get him one, and I will. I will. I definitely will get him one of those those VanQuest bags because, you know, uh, Valentine's Day is coming out, Dan, and you'll be my Valentine, and I can give you that VanQuest bag because it is awesome. And if you take a look at the inside, it's the, the – orange inside of it makes it so you can find your stuff and even in the low light conditions so if you're interested in getting vanquist bag you can get 10 percent off by using em5 weekly at your checkout at vanquest.com 
The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, Outer Limit Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter Ian Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase. Go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. That's outerlimitsupply.com. Hey, welcome back for that quick break. And thank you for listening to our sponsors. Because without them, we could not bring you uh, this quality show. So before we went on break, we're talking a little bit about the idea of sanitizing your equipment. Um, because, you know, we have radios. We're handing them off between each other in, in some cases. Uh, tablets that we have nowadays uh, to run stuff. Um, and also the, the phones that we're using, not our personal phones only, but also the um you know, the, the command phones and using that sanitation. How, how does that work exactly, Devlin? Or Coleman? Um, UVC light operates. It's you know, special wavelength. It's not UVA or B that, you know, that, that comes through the sky. UVC does not. Um, it was discovered, I think, in the 1950s. And, and we operate the same type of uh, UVC that are used in hospitals, in, in labs, to sanitize uh, equipment and devices. So uh, it operates at a 254 nanometer wavelength. And, um, you know, the, the expected uh, sanitation time is about three minutes. So, you know, we set our timers for five to, to make it, you know, 100% secure. Uh, you know, this is a, sort of a, an offshoot of some of the other work that we've done in uh, charging this year. You know, specific to COVID, uh, I'd mentioned you before. You know, we, we came on the podcast that we worked with NFL teams uh, like the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, uh, and now some MLB teams uh, such as the, the Marlins and uh, an NBA with the Miami Heat, uh, providing them with charging carts uh, that utilize UVC light to sanitize those devices, be that two-way radios, scanners surfaces, iPads, uh, all that equipment, which, you know, typically you don't want to spray down with disinfectant. Uh, and it's not, not hundred percent effective to begin with. So, you know, we think that, you know, it's a, it's a proven solution that, that makes a lot of sense now and, you know, looking forward, cause we don't know, you know, what the, what the next thing we, may be, um, you know, as we've, we've seen viruses like SARS and MERS and, you know, prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID has brought that technology to the forefront as far, you know, in, in many different industries, uh, even in, high, in higher ed as well, in the classroom and uh, disinfecting uh, equipment in science labs and this type of thing. So it's, it's definitely brought, it's brought that, that technology uh, to the forefront. Uh, and I think honestly, and, I, and I'm looking forward to see what, what the, you know, what the research is going to show as far as how this new, uh, these, this new technology and the new way of doing things that we've done is going to transpire and, and bring the, 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 the flu um, 
the exchange down. Yeah. How is that going to bring that down? Uh, the, you know, the, the the amount of individuals that get that every year. Uh, how long COVID, if, if COVID is around for the, you know, for foreseeable future, if that starts to go down because of this new technology and the new behavior, which it, it instilled in us as a, as a culture, uh, not just in the in, in the United States, but in the world. But one of the questions I would like to ask regarding the technology that you provide is, is, um, is it, strictly for being able to utilize for small equipment or can it run larger equipment as well or recharge larger equipment as well? Larger equipment. Uh, can you be more specific? You know, when you're... Well, I mean, I mean, you got, you, you know, there's, there are some like, like charging, like vehicles, like electric vehicles that, that require char- a charging station, like a cart or something like that, that would be need to be used. Like at a call, I work at a college district and we have several carts and if, we, if our power goes down and one of our carts goes down, would it be able to recharge a cart uh, to um, be able to function? So, yeah, to answer that question, we, we are limited um, as, as far as, you know, power output. Um, it's a 700 watt, the, the solar array is 700 watt. Um, the batteries, as I mentioned, you know, we can go full bar, full bore charging, you know, 90 mobile devices, which don't consume, you know, all that much uh, energy and we do use fast charging uh, technology, which it charges about one percent per minute. Um, if we were looking at you know a larger, um, larger device, a larger piece of equipment, that'd be more of a challenge. We, we have uh, you know had that question come up uh, before in our conversation with uh, the National Capital Region Emergency Management in charging uh, wheelchairs. So it's, it's something that we've looked at. Uh, we haven't you know, come up with a solution yet, but you know, battery technology is changing pretty quickly. Uh, so uh, I'd say in the future, yes, currently under the, the current design, uh, it's, it's mostly equipped just for mobile devices. Very cool. I mean, wheelchairs in itself would be it would be a great transition uh, for those who have electric wheelchairs. But as far as the carts go, I mean, people use those for getting around security, uh, tr- transporting injured parties, uh, and then they have the electric. The, they also they have uh, uh, electronic. Uh, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, uh, medical beds and stuff like that as well that could potentially be benefit from this type of technology. So, uh, I mean, the technology itself is, is amazing. It, and it's even more amazing that you're already looking at these expansions um, as far as like the community itself. And I've seen this happen. You know, w- one of the first colleges I worked at was right next door to a senior living and you have seniors out on and about in the community and they break down in their little scooter or their wheelchair and you got to help them out. And, uh, and, and it'd be, it'd be nice to be able to, to keep them going. Agreed. Yeah. So well, it looks like we lost Todd. His power, his power went out. Uh, so on the same topic, but for those of us uh, uh, who are curious about his hat, um, um, you know, ask him that question when he when he join, joins us again. But uh, Coleman, so what? Um, so you're working with the NFL. You're working with some Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, what else? What other um, big uh, or what other industries are you working with and expanding into? So you know, you had mentioned uh, you know the the school systems. Yeah, that's one of our, our major areas of focus uh, right now is, is working with uh, school systems both here and, and in Canada, uh, equipping them with the, the UVC charging carts for laptops, iPads, um, you know, within the school systems themselves. Because, you know, right now, I, mean, I can tell you within the state of Maryland, we're still operating mostly um, online. But as we, 
you know, move back into hybrid learning and in-person learning, you know, we want to make sure that those, uh, those laptops, uh, iPads, especially that are being uh, handled by multiple people are, are sanitized. It's interesting. I just uh, read an article last week and, and we're also um, working with hospital systems to supply the same here in Maryland, uh, the University of Maryland medical system has deployed over a thousand iPads for their patients to communicate with doctors mm. and just as importantly, communicate with loved ones. Uh, there was an article in the New York Times uh, a week and a half ago talking about uh, the transmission of other pathogens uh, on these devices, you know, that you know, hadn't really been considered up to this point because, you know, that wasn't really a tool that had been used, you know, mobile devices to communicate um, other than that people brought themselves, right? So, you know, these are new challenges that we're facing uh, and we're trying to, you know, help those institutions, schools, hospitals, you know, solve those those problems and, and you know, maintain, you know, enhanced safety protocols. So your carts, are they, so how are they, one, are they sold, leased, and then, with that answer, how are they maintained? How is that? So how does that uh, continue to work? So we, we, we do both. We sell our, uh, our carts for the most part. You know, that's you know, what we're seeing, uh, especially within school systems that they, they just don't typically lease that type of equipment. Um, it's, it's a purchase. The, the maintenance on the carts are, are pretty uh, carefree and they're very well-constructed carts. The, you know, obviously bulbs do burn out. So you're looking at essentially 10,000 hours of the UVC light being delivered in the, uh, in the cart. Uh, and that's on a timer of five minutes. So you're not, you, you're not using those lights, the UVC light, you know, for 24 hours a day as, as those units charge. Uh, and it, again, depends upon the end user, be that you know, NFL that you're, you've got a unit, the broadcast booth, it's a, a 10 bay cart uh, or, you know, within a school system, they may be using a 60-bay cart, either by USB or uh, AC power. Absolutely. Hey, guys, sorry about doing that. So uh, I had to – I'll fall on the sword in this one. I, I hit a button I shouldn't have hit when I was uh, trying to look at some of the comments out there. So <laughs> I, do, I do apologize. There's some a couple of the comments that came out, um, and I know that uh, one of them was Ricard, we're asking about the, the type of batteries um, that you guys are using. Ooh, so that's a, a question more of our engineer. Our engineer, uh, it's a deep, I do know it's a, a deep cycle battery uh, that's specifically designed uh, for use with solar power. So uh, it's you know far better than I, I know the batteries are really expensive. <laughs> so if that's any indication uh, of the quality, uh, it's not just a, a battery that you go down to AutoZone and, and pick up. So it's it's very specialized to the application. Absolutely. Well, Coleman, thank you so much for your for your time today. Um, how can people find you? So uh, people can find us uh, on the website. So that's uh, www.powerupconnect.com. So, you know, we're our viewpoint is, um, you know, connecting the moments that matter. We want to make sure that people's devices, uh, either in in emergency situations um, or, uh, you know, at sporting venues, what have you, you know, that they always stay connected. So that's where, you know, power up connect 
www.ecosystemsmanagement.com comes from. You can see you know, a whole suite of uh, solutions uh, on our website. Absolutely. And everybody, those that information is also down in the show notes. So if uh, you're driving and your pencil's not broken, your pencil is sharp, uh, you can go ahead and uh, just click on the show notes below. So Coleman, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Everybody, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, talk about power specifically. I know that we had the issues and this is one of the reasons why, um, I asked power up to come on, uh, to the show. Like I said, I met them, um, at the IEM conference. Uh, they have some really cool products there and they're really supportive of what we do here in emergency management. Um, and so I, that's why I invited him to come on the show, talk about what their solutions are. And as we're talking about this, people are losing power in the Northeast uh, due to the snowstorms. Um, and of course, here in California, uh, we're having these rolling blackouts um, due to the power safety shutoff. So having that backup plan and whether you use power up or use generators or, or what you're going with, I'm having that backup plan for power um, is, is critical. So that's, that's what I think. Now, Dan. Sure. There's a moment. So I lost a bet, right? I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I lost a bet. I have a Kansas City hat on. You may ask why, because Kelly McKinney and I had a bet saying that if Kansas City won, I would wear the hat. I have one more time to wear this hat. Uh, and it's not bad, right? And I'm going to pull for Kansas City uh, in the Super Bowl this weekend. And uh, Mahomes is God. So I got to put that down. He's a great quarterback. Um, and uh, I, I really wish them the best of luck. So if you're a Kansas City fan, uh, you got one more on your side. If you're a Tom Brady fan, sorry. I'm going to go to Kansas City. Don't hate me. Nice to know you uphold your bet. Well, yeah, I tried to. But anyway, everybody, looking forward to seeing you all um, for next week as well. And next week, we are going to be uh, talking about developing the meta leader in the National Preparedness uh, Leadership Institute with our good friend, Eric McNulty. He'll be here. Uh, he's also the author of, uh, of a couple of well, lots of articles and, of course, the book, You're It. But we're not talking about You're It. Tomorrow. We're talking about what a meta leader is and how to develop your leadership skills with the national, with Harvard, right, and PLI. Leadership. Uh, that program is an amazing program, and I'd love to. Uh, actually, that's one of my goals to one day to be, go, be able to go through that program. Yeah, no, that program is outstanding. I know a few people have gone through it. Uh, it's one of my goals as well. Matter of fact, uh, um, you know, they, they, I think they kind of changed a little bit due, due to COVID that they have an online version of it. Um, I don't know if it's as good as, you know, oh no, it's as good. It's probably very good education. But I know he's like, we talk about the idea of being in a classroom together. But the idea here is that we, technology, so I talk about technology, has moved into where you can be in a classroom, have face to face. Uh, interactions with people so i'm sure that their online um uh offering is is just as quality and i, I can't wait till somebody to be back in the classroom so. well everybody thank you so much for your time today it's always appreciated you guys being here with us um and follow us on your favorite podcast player your favorite uh device here we have it on youtube facebook linkedin uh twitter um all what's it the instagram all those social media points and until next week stay safe stay happy stay hydrated <laughs>